Hello, this is Dan Freevault, and you are listening to the podcast From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody. So Matt Hoagland here. I'm recording another podcast while I'm here at Sync, and I'm with Dan Freevault here. And... This will be a fun podcast because I was just looking at his website. Dan and I don't know each other well. I mean, we've ran in circles and been at sync a couple times with each other, but I wouldn't say, you know, we've had a lot of beers together. So this will be as informative for me as it is for the audience, which will be really cool. So um, thanks so much for being being on here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We should be cracking beers, I guess. Right, and we probably should. <laughs> so this, so let me tell you what I do know about you, and then you get to tell me the real story of what I should know about you. So I know you're in Wisconsin. And I know that you used to be a graphic designer, and now you do a lot of senior work. And it seems like you kind of blend that graphic design and, and senior element together. Is Absol- that, is that yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I was a graphic designer for 12 years and you know, always did photography, but never felt like the visions in my head kind of matched what I could do on film. So then when digital started to get more up and rolling, I already had known Photoshop, it just kind of was a perfect time for me to merge the two and take the lead. So when you were doing like Photoshop work in the graphic design world, were you doing stuff on photos or was it more like like layouts for magazines and stuff like that? Yeah, that, that's a good question. It was, it was completely different. I actually, I called myself a graphic artist, which is like a cool name, right. but really I was, uh, I took a lot of other people's work and got it ready for the printing and okay. it was an offset pr- printing which is what our cool things like magazines and stuff yeah it, where i'm in the midwest it was a lot of like uh, it's called flexographic printing which was like carton design labels for ketchup and okay. paper plates and and things like that so what was really cool is i knew the tools of photoshop but then when i but i didn't really work on that many photographs right so it's cool to see how photoshop can be used in like the cmyk world and then the photography world it's two completely different worlds in one software yeah it is pretty amazing and it's really interesting because you talk to some people and they work they work in indesign and different things like that but it seems like photoshop is just it's so wide spanning that a lot you can do full design work i mean obviously we all do that in our studio as well but but then you can actually retouch skin as well. You know, it's it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. And video now, like yeah, exactly. It's, it's all in there. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah. So anything else we need to know? I mean, how's Wisconsin? Cold? <laughs> it's cold. It's um, yeah. I talked to my wife on the phone this morning. I'm like, well, it's raining, but it's not snowing, and I'm in a t-shirt, and things are green. Yeah. So all that, is good. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So I have one question for you about your website and. Um, and then we'll jump into some of these questions about like what's working now in the industry and stuff like that. But on your website, when you click on your session page, let me just click on it real quick and see what it says. It says, only accepting 40 seniors to provide the most creative and unique senior session for you. So do you want to talk about that? So, you, I mean, 40 seniors, I mean, I always wonder, first of all, how you did it because your your work is so amazing. So it's obviously time intensive. And then it's I think it's interesting to say like, hey, there's I can do 40. So it builds that scarcity and stuff like that. And so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Part of it's scarcity. And the other part of it is for many years, I photographed 
everything like we all do when we start off until we kind of get burnt out or find what our our key focus is and what we really enjoy and you know i was photographing hundreds of seniors and it became a production line and and that's kind of why i got out of the graphic design because i was basically i wasn't doing creative anymore it was kind of a production like every day i had deadlines three yeah. deadlines a day and this has to get to the printer and this has to be done and this has to be done and then when i got into photography as I got busy, it started to be the same feel and I got yeah. burnt out. I was just doing, so I decided like, okay, I need to change something. Mm -hmm. So I need to raise my prices. I need to add scarcity yeah. and like only get the people who really want to invest in it. Yeah. I mean, cause I was looking at your session, one of your sessions is $450 and it has a $300 add on, you know? So you're just session fee wise, you're looking at $750. So like, obviously nobody not everyone's just going to limp in and get amazing artwork by you yes yeah absolutely and i you know that, that took me years to kind of figure that out too because uh i used to have a lower session fee like let's get them in yeah because once they see everything you know hopefully you'll be rewarded on the back end with higher sales and in uh, theory that kind of works but it's also a business based off of hope as well it, yeah. it is yeah and that works great for the for the beginning but once i became more established i realized that okay, I needed to start doing minimum orders. Well, the minute I put minimum orders up, I found my sessions, people weren't booking me. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, that large minimum, and it wasn't large, it was like an $800 minimum. Yeah. And my average at the time was like 1500 So mm -hmm. to me... It, all, I, it was the same math. Yeah, but they looked at around a $200 session fee and a $800 minimum, and it scared them off. Yeah. So instead, what I found is, actually what I did is it started slowly rising my raising my session fee throughout mm -hmm. the year so you know june when i want to fill my schedule mm -hmm. the session fee was lower and then as my schedule started to fill i started to just naturally raise it because i'm like i'm getting too many seniors i can't keep up yeah. and and then people just kept booking and kept booking so all of a sudden i wound up my 450 was my sweet spot yeah and you, <laughs> you did, know yeah. so and it then, wasn't like one day i just said i'm gonna do 450 it was like i played with that number and tell people, you know, kind of what I tell people is like, you know, if every person calls and books with you, that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. You may want to look at that a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing, but you will be very tired at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm like, well, I'll just keep raising it until like every third call says no, yeah. you know, and, and as long as I'm making enough and booking enough, then, then that's my sweet spot. So. And, and that's really good insight because I think a lot of people like, I mean, we'll talk to you here at sync and you'll say, yeah, I just charged $450 for a session and I have a $300 add on. So, and they'll be like, wow. And they won't understand that like that, that's market driven, you know, like you figured that out. Like you did less, you did more, you tweaked it until it was like, Oh, that 450, I book about as many seniors as I want. And it's the right type of senior that I want, you know? And that's, they, so they, they, they shouldn't just, what the advice would be that they shouldn't just go home and charge 450 for the session. They should start working theirs up until they find their sweet spot too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, you know, they feel self-conscious like, oh, it's in print or this is what I have to do. And uh, but it's like, no, you can kind of ebb and flow like uh, maybe a comparison is a restaurant. Like when things are in demand or like lobster is market price. So it's like, okay, certain times of the year, this is the session fee because it's 
Yeah. You know, I'm not as busy. I can do a lower session fee or, um, you know, as I get more busy, this is prime time. The session fee is going to be more and don't be so caught up in like, okay, I set my session fee for the year. I have to stick with it. Yeah. Cause if anyone calls, it's just like, well, that, you know, they had a deal in that month, yeah. you know, it's not like, I feel like I'm ripping anyone off by adjusting it. No, that makes complete sense. I mean, I, it makes me think about the whole idea of like when we book airline tickets, like we're always like, you know, our days are flexible. And then we like sit there and we scan and we're like, okay, we're going to leave on this day and come back this day. Cause it saves us a hundred bucks or whatever. So there would be pe- people, you know, that would say, Oh, okay, well I want to get my pictures done by you. And they're like, well, let's do it in June. Cause it doesn't matter if we do it in June, July or August, but let's do it in June. Cause it's a little bit cheaper and we'll save a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? And like, then they get to choose whether they want to save money, but then there's, you know, it's just a different me- mentality. Like, they're saving money, but they're not cheaping out on your services. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're making a choice. So that's really awesome. Okay. So let's jump into the, the questions that we normally do for the podcast. So the first one is just a general question. Like what what's working now for you in your business? It can be around your photography or around your business, but what's working now that you would want to tell our audience about that you think is awesome? I just think being unique it's like standing out trying to do something that's different because like if if there's more photographers in the market you hear that a lot like oh everyone's a photographer everyone's a photographer and that may be the case and sometimes I feel that too but I feel like well there's only one of me and there's only I I'm trying to do things unique and different so that I stand out and like the again the those 40 people who value that and see that I think that's why my averages are high as well, because they're somewhat pre-qualified by this right, session by fee your style. and my style. Yes. Instead of, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing the same thing as everyone else, well then I'm just going to go to the cheapest person. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's so, race to the bottom and it becomes a commodity. Yeah. It becomes a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what's worked for me always. And I just keep pushing that further and further. So do you see, like, I typically see like, I don't know if, I want to call it composite stuff because I wouldn't even say it's compositing. Like, you guys should just look at his work online so you can see what I'm talking about. But do you feel like you attract like sports and athletes more? Because that's the type of work I see in the industry that reminds me of a little bit yours. Or are you attracting all kinds of seniors as well? Because I, I look at your website and they're not all just like hockey players, you know? So, like, who all is coming to you for your style? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, one year I sat down in the, in the middle of cold, a cold winter month where I was feeling <laughs> depressed and right. started making lists and really like identifying who do I want as my client? Yeah. Who would that ideal client be? That who would client be my ideal, ideal 40, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wrote notes and, and I just, I guessed at things like what movies they would watch, what music they would listen to, like uh, where they would shop. And because I had already been doing photography at that point, like five, six years, I had a pretty good idea. Um, cause I knew which things I didn't like to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was clear. That was pretty easy. If <laughs> yeah. you make this list, it'll be easy for right, you. Right. But yeah. Um, and then the ones like, Oh, these sessions were fun and this is what I enjoy doing. And yeah. so I realized, okay, seniors is really what I, what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And not only is senior, it's like, I realized I didn't want like the, the, the beautiful drama queen it could be drama queen like yeah. you know whatever it's like i want an athletic female mm-hmm. um who likes to maybe get glammed up she doesn't get glammed up that often sure. but she's more like a tomboy athlete that can also transition 
into a cool look and yeah and the same thing with guys i want someone you know that want that is a, has a hobby or a sport because they are into the session then they're not just like okay mom said i want yes. i gotta get senior pictures yes done so i think identifying that really clear for me it was an athletic sporty type person right and in the it's so interesting because in the marketing world you know you hear all the time you got to like really niche down and do something unique and all this stuff and you hear it all the time and I don't see a lot of people doing it. I just feel like you're really succeeding at those principles that just like where marketing will take care of itself. You know, you just keep putting out the work that you love to do and working with the people that you, that you want to work with and it just builds the next person, you know? So like, you know, when I look at your work, I can't imagine that you're probably like running tons of paid ads and stuff like that in a sense, because it just seems like it's self-fulfilling itself. You know, you're attracting the right person and they love it. Yeah. Because their friends will tell their friends and, and yeah, and and they're within the same uh, value or have the same value towards photography. You know, yeah. it's not just like oh, they have a lot of money, so come here. No, yes. because as you know, money doesn't equate. You know, I have people pull up in a you know a rusty truck, and yeah. and they're you know paying they, just as much as someone who pulls up in a fancy vehicle. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just about how how they value it. Um, we talk a lot on this podcast about how our industry, you know, just like you start in photography and you market to your friends and then you run out of friends and family to photograph. And then you, you're like, well, I guess I just have to go after rich people. And it's just so interesting because I don't think that's the answer. You know, you just don't need to chase, I mean, chase affluent people. Like that's not the only answer. Like you can just find people that value your work and speak to them and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll reward your art for sure if they value it. So absolutely. Okay, cool. So, Let's talk about the industry real quick. So the question is, what is one thing that has you fired up about in the end? Has you fired up about the industry? It could be something that you're excited about, something that you hold true about the industry. Just when I when we talk about the industry, what what do you think about? Yeah, and I, that was a tough question. I thought when I, when I read it, and I think the what what really then popped to mind is, and some people might think this isn't cool, but I I love how the technology and the you know, of course, I'm into com- the composites and the sure. effects and stuff, so I, I enjoy that. But even without that, I think there's so many people coming into the industry, which some people look at as a bad thing, but I think it's good for competition, and it pushes me more, Sure. and it pushes me to create unique things, and, and that's really, like, taken off. Like, every parent that comes in, the, the, one of the first things they say is, like, this isn't like my senior picture. Right. You know? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and I even say, I'm like, yeah, like it's crazy. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. What we're doing is crazy, but it, that's what gets me fired up. That's what's cool is yeah. all the cool things. I mean, people are doing destination shoots, you know, so it's not just about composites or effects, you know, it's, yeah. it's the high end experience. It's, it's hair and makeup. It's like all those cool things that we are doing for a 17 year old who, yeah with today's internet and social media and bullying and, and mm-hmm. presence, like hopefully, you know, we're making a difference in how they feel about their self image and doing all these cool things. So. Yeah. And it, I just think there's a lot of people in the industry that are no longer just leaning somebody against a Aspen tree and clicking a vertical picture, you know what I mean? And there's still an audience for that. And there's still people probably doing it, making great money, but it doesn't seem like the people pushing the envelope, you know, of the industry have, have done that in a while, you know, definitely looking for new creative ways, like, you know, with Photoshop or destinations to, to do something different, which is, which is cool. Cause 
I mean, this industry could still look like it did in the eighties, you know, just with different fashion, but it doesn't, it looks completely different, you know, which is pretty cool. One of the things that I thought about in terms of you're talking about like the industry changing and people pushing you, but I, what I think is really interesting about the senior market too, is like the makeup trends right now, like in the last couple of years. And, and I guess it's just the YouTube world that we live in now, but like a lot of these girls show up like almost like professional, you know, makeup artists themselves. They do so many tutorials, you know, throughout, you know, the end of middle school and high school now that they show up and they know more about makeup than our kids did like five, six years ago, for sure. Don't you feel like that's true too? It's funny you bring that up because uh, right before I came here, I was like analyzing my sessions and stuff too. And I, I noticed that last year because I have, I started including hair and makeup in my sessions maybe six years ago. Right. And people loved it. Yeah. And now people are like, well, I can just do it on my own. We're seeing the exact same thing. Keep telling your story. And then yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I think maybe I should take it out and put it back as an add-on. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, some of these girls show up. And like you said, I'm like, oh, it's YouTube. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, duh. Like, they're doing an, an amazing job with their hair and makeup. I'm like... Oh man, maybe I should just let them let them do it. Right. Well, I just think about it. I mean, I'm sure they've watched over a hundred hours of videos about just how to like style their brows, you know, and so they know how to do it, and they know their face shape, they know all that stuff, you know, like okay, my brow needs to look like this because my face is this shape, and it's just amazing, you know, they're experts in it. And um, a couple years ago, they didn't, they weren't, and so they wanted to go to a makeup artist and have that experience. And now I just think. It, like it just feels a little bit different. Some of our girls are like, I didn't necessarily like the way my makeup turned out, even though it looks great. But they're like, just not, that's what I do because I put all this time into my look, and it's it looks like this. And then the makeup artist didn't necessarily know that. You know what I mean? So it was an amazing service for a couple of years. And the last year or so, we've been like, do we need to keep offering this? Like, is this relevant to our audience anymore? And I don't know if it is. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, just before yeah leaving, I'm like, gosh, I think I might experiment with that off and yeah see how it goes. and so what we were talking about doing last night is so the way we do it was we they pay us for hair and makeup and then we just pass that on to the salon or the makeup artist and we were just like we should just approach the makeup artist and just like ha- get like do a coupon deal right like and just give it to everybody and say like hey if you want hair and makeup done for your session here's 40 dollars off or whatever and so like we're still funneling people to them but it's a total like just a perk a bonus and a and then it doesn't come out of our there's no money we're involved in it's like yeah we're just going to give you the coupon and you're going to go get the best deal you know i don't know that's where we're kind of thinking last night i don't know if that's the answer but no that's a that's a good idea yeah yeah versus us trading dollars with the hair slides you know we're, we were just like a pass-through form for a long time so <laughs> okay so let's let's jump on to the lightning round so these are kind of designed to be quick questions but we you know we're going pretty quick so feel free to to dive into these as far as you want so the first question is what was holding you back from be- from becoming a full-time photographer when you first started? Really, I kind of dove right in once I like made the decision. I like I had a full-time job and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I- it feels right. Like um, I'm I'm going for it. Cool. And so I didn't really hold back a whole lot. I'm kind of a risk taker that way. Yeah. Um and so I'm just like I- I'm doing this and my thought was they if worse came to worst, worst came to worse, I could always go back to my job. Yeah, Maybe right. that was like be a little egotistical. But they then there, I was then when the time came to tell them I was leaving. I'm like, oh man, what am I doing? And yeah. and I'm like, 
oh, um, okay, I'm, I'm giving my notice. And they're like, we're so happy for you. Like, you're going to rock and all yeah. this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Then they would take me back. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So that gave me some confidence. But yeah, I'm pretty determined. Like when I when I go, I I go all out. So yeah. So there wasn't a lot holding back, which is cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think some people take on risk better than others. Like I'm a risk taker. My wife Allison is not a risk taker. You know, like we are a good balance for each other. And you know what? To be honest, she's normally right. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but definitely, I'm I'm the risk taker of in the relationship for sure. Well, yeah. Well, we're similar because I wasn't married at the time and. Now I'm married, and my wife Stephanie, she's she keeps me under wraps. I'm like, okay, I got this idea, this idea. And so she like, yeah, she balances me out. I'm not, I'm still the risk taker, but she kind of reels yeah. me back in on yeah. a lot of things like, now. So, yeah. It's like you can't take three jumps in th- in a week. Like just one a week would be fine. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So okay, so if you had a thousand dollars right now, if I gave you a thousand bucks and you were had it to spend either here at Sink or wherever, but in the in the industry, where do you think you would spend that thousand dollars? Well, I'm I'm kind of in a way am spending it here. I I am sure. teaching a jump start class, but like last year I wasn't teaching. I came. Like to me education is so important, especially when I'm when doing it, you know, I'm now in like my 13th year. So, I've had pretty much all the equipment and and things like that. So, to me, the one thing that is constantly evolving and changing, especially with the senior market that I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, seniors are trending or trendy. I sh- maybe that's not the right word, but you have to stay on top of the well, trends. Do you feel like they every year feels like a totally different oh what business sometimes? A- absolutely, yeah. and that's, that's why I tell my wife too. I'm like, it, like the beginning of the year is like the scariest time for me because I, yeah. I I have this chalkboard in my studio where it says "Welcome to your senior session." I write their name on, and then they sign their name below, and yeah. it's kind of a. Meta, I don't know, metaphor or whatever, but it's like th- this time of year, I wipe the slate clean and yeah. it's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Like every <laughs> year I'm like brand new clients, yeah. you know? And, and so I have to stay on top of things and yeah, otherwise edu- the chalkboard doesn't fill up. The chalkboard is empty and, then, <laughs> yeah. and the bank account's empty. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think education is key and staying on top of the trends and picking up nuggets of information and implementing those in your businesses. Yeah. And so, so let me bounce this idea off you real quick because it's about trends. So, so we do destination sessions and we travel, you know, typically like three, four hours from our studio for these destination shoots, and and they work out really well. So we did them. Let's see if you're counting the kids that just sign, are signing up right now. So two classes ago, it, w- it went pretty good, and then last year it wasn't as popular, and then this year it's extremely popular again. And so here's my philosophy about it, and tell me if you think I'm crazy or not so let's see if i can do the math so we're booking 2020 kids so 2019 was not into 2018 was so 20 i sometimes i think 2019 was not into into the destination stuff because they watched 2018 do it and they wanted something totally different so it's almost like not only do i want to like reinvent you know what we're doing every year that's kind of resonate with them but i also think i have to do like almost like a every other year rotation of stuff too because you know, the following classes has always followed that class and they don't want to do the same thing. You know, they're like, Oh, we've, we've seen what 2018 always, always is done and we're not going to do it the same way. I don't know. Like, do you think that there's something there? Or? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. And sometimes, yeah, you'll get that word. It seems like seniors will come in and like, I want something cl- completely different. Yes. But then they end up bringing the same outfits in and doing <laughs> right, it and everything's right. kind of the same. And yeah. we as creatives think like we always have to outdo ourselves, but yeah, 
it doesn't also have to re we don't have to reinvent the wheel but that's a that's an interesting point and i think you said it well like i don't know if it's an actual thing or if it's just me like being creative and bored and trying to like reinvent everything for no particular reason you know i don't know i i i'm just working on it right now in my head because i don't know it seems like it's a, a thing but i don't have a lot of data to like go off of you know so right and you talked to a lot of people i talked to a lot of people and 2019 seemed like a weird year it for did. a lot of people did, so yeah. and i'm like maybe it was just a weird kind of class year yeah. you know absolutely <laughs> so maybe that's you, part of it too yeah, yeah you never know okay sorry back to the lightning round so now i give you that same thousand dollars and you have to spend it but what would you not spend it on just not i wouldn't spend it on equipment and i say that like don't think like having more equipment is going to make you a better photographer. Right. That, I 100% agree. Yeah. So, I mean, if you need equipment, by all means, like get some things. You know, a lot of people, I jumped on the Sony bandwagon a couple of years ago. It, you know, it was an expensive transition, but I did it um, because I really like that eye focus, you yeah. know, and I, you know, my images weren't coming in focus with yeah. what I was doing and other people are having the same problems. And I already had a Sony camera I used for vacation, a small one. So I had, I focus on there. I didn't realize it. All of a sudden I'd start digging in the menus. I'm like, Oh, and I had a girl come over. I'm like a dancer. I'm like, jump in the air. And I was like, click, 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 click. And I was like, Oh my God, these are all in focus. Yeah, and I photograph right. a lot of dancers that are jumping and stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm making the transition. But you know, I also started over in the photography industry with, with nothing and so I had a bunch of equipment, and then I started over with a camera and a reflector. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And, right. I, and I realized that the equipment didn't make me. Yes. You know, and I, I missed some things, but I also realized that it made me a better photographer because I focused in on things. And then it became a challenge, a fun challenge. Like, how long can I go without buying lights? And right. how my eye got better with seeing natural light and using that. And I had done natural light, and then I transitioned to off-camera flash. And I went back to natural light because it was kind of a necessity. And yeah. now I have a bunch of equipment again. I'm like, I don't even use half this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think the advice is like, just be careful. Like, make sure you're buying it because you actually need it, not because you're just like trying to buy one new thing. Because, you know, in our industry, the camera companies and the equipment companies are always marketing to us, you know, and they are always finding the best photos to put in front of you. And you're like, I want to do that, you know? And then you're like, well, that's only eight hundred dollars. I'll just purchase that thing, and then you're like, okay, I never use this, you know. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it kind of goes back to like the education. Like, well, I think you're better off investing in education mm -hmm. if you can, you know, than equipment. Uh, the hard part is when you invest in education, you see these speakers and like, oh, I want that now, and I want that now, yeah. you know. So it's like, oh yeah, you know. All right. <laughs> then you end up buying equipment too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's hard to know where the balance is, but. You know, I do see some people that get into the photography industry and spend eight, nine thousand dollars on equipment, and they don't even begin to know how to use it because they haven't even like dialed their style or anything like that. So I think you just got to be careful. Yeah. Oh, what is the best advice that you've ever received? Yeah, I think the best advice is just believe in yourself. I think as creative people, I talk to a lot of people, and we have a lot of self doubt. Yes. And it's like, oh, am I good enough? Or compare yourself to other people, and and what it comes down to is. You know, people book me or they book you be because of who you are. Yeah. They're not seeing who these other people are. You know, they're not comparing you to that. So, yeah. um, you know, you might be self-conscious. Like when I shoot, like I analyze everything. And I, I used to actually even say it in front of them, like, oh, 
we were, we're viewing images. I'm like, oh, I should have did your or moved your hand different, or this hair is flying. I'm ripping the images apart in front of them. Well, they're not going to buy it now. And yeah, like, they, they like would never have me. seen it. Yeah. yeah, like, what are you doing? Shut up. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, you it's know? just like, you know, it's one of those <laughs> situations where, like, you show people the pic- like pictures, and they pick the one that you would probably, the first one you would eliminate is the one that they actually buy, right? And it's just because you see different things than they see, and they're like, I love this picture. And you're like, yeah, that's the first one. That one barely made the cut, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Yeah, so just kind of you know believe in yourself and know that they hired you for for you, and I think that's the you know the best idea. And you get knocked down and you feel you know like uh, you know down on yourself, but just like know that they're 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 paying you and they they love you. And you they know? believe in you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really that's really really good. That's really good advice. What's one personal habit that you think contributes to your success? Oh, well. Yeah, and habits can be good or bad. So this right. this can be both because uh, like kind of mentioned earlier how like my I'm always like creative ideas and things are rolling around in my head and and sometimes I get lost in that that noise and, and get pulled in too many different directions. But it also is what makes me me. It makes me that creative thing that comes out of nowhere just because there's so many things going on. Yeah, you know, and you throw enough stuff against the wall and I think something's going to stick and, and, and that's what I do. I'm not afraid, like I said, either to experiment with things and try things and, and just like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm going to do. You know, like I'm just going to photograph seniors. Like it was so hard. Like I get a phone call for a wedding. I'm like, I know I'm passing up thousands of dollars. So then what, but what, instead of just hanging up and feeling sorry for myself or like, Oh, maybe I should have done that what it did is it drove me to be like okay i just lost say three thousand dollars by not booking that wedding so what do i need to do how many hours is that wedding would that have taken me well if i took even a quarter of that time and focused put it right in my calendar like i'm going to mark it and i'm going to do these things uh, that i would normally be doing at weddings i have that time now so don't just squander it like i'm going to do marketing so i get you know x amount of seniors in to make that up that makes sense. Yeah, that's like to- that's a great driver because yeah, you could turn it down and go feel sorry for yourself and you know go drink a beer instead of but or you could like say okay I made that choice now I have eight hours free I'm gonna go kick butt with that eight hours you know right and what I found too is when I started over is that I had less clients in the beginning mm-hmm. so I spoiled the heck out of them yeah. because I'm like this is all I have right I mean I spend so much time with them and I pampered them and you know like and they loved it for me and then i'm like oh well there's they're rewarding me with large uh portrait sales right because of that so i'm like oh it's not a bad thing to be you know instead of chasing every dollar yeah and i'm not you know fulfilling or a lot of times i'll book seniors because you know i always ask them how'd you hear about me or this and that and they're like well i called two other photographers you're the only one that called me back i know right that away. we built our business on that we yeah totally built our business on that and everyone's like i'm i'm so busy or i'm editing till four in the morning i'm like well maybe you know key in on raising your prices and finding that balance and, and getting back to people and uh you you'll be rewarded for it yeah that, that makes a lot of sense yeah we built our business we had a, one of the very first rules we put in our business like you know because you get into market and you're like all right how do we differentiate ourselves and of course, we're trying to do it with our photography and stuff. But one of the very first things we did was like, okay, we we answer the phone and we call everybody back within 24 hours. And like that was not a normal one in our market. And we booked so many people the first couple of years because we we're that's all we did. You yeah, know, just call people back, and it was amazing. So yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And I, you know, like 
that could be your unique thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like I said earlier, like a composite or digital. Like your unique thing that makes you stand out is, hey, you call people back and you, <laughs> I know, you, right? know, you give them a nice little gift or, you know. Yeah, it's, it's amazing <laughs> in this world, like how those little things that should just be standard are actually like really nice touch points now. You know, it's amazing. What's an internet resource that you would recommend to our audience that you use for creativity or that you find yourself using all the time? Well, for creativity, I watch a lot of movies and a lot of Netflix. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a, like a movie maker. Like yeah. when I was a, a little kid, my creativity was like, I was like grabbing my mom's makeup and like doing horror makeup. Or, sure. And, and the old, <laughs> I'm dating myself, the old VCR. We didn't have the beta, but the old VCR yeah, on, on your shoulder. On the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, and we were like filming things and I had blood and my mom would freak out because she'd come around the corner and I'm the youngest <laughs> of seven, um, uh, you know, and mostly boys. And so she's like, oh, what what happened now? Like she was kind of used to it, but kind of like, oh boy, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from movies and, and things like that. Um, as far as, you know, industry stuff, there's so many <laughs> resources out there. Yeah. I know I run like the Seniors Unlocked Facebook page. Sure. Uh, I try and do webinars and stuff to, to give back and, um, you know, help those out that are starting. Yeah. Um, just like people had helped me out in the beginning. Like there's so many people who saw potential in me and, um, just going to state organi organizations and and PPA, I just I I feel like one on one stuff like in sync here is invaluable yeah. as well as your state organizations, which are sadly it hurts so bad to see that they are dwindling dwindling yeah because I think they're such a, a great resource. It was such a great resource for me. Us too, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have a book that you would recommend to our audience? I do, and as for as far as marketing and stuff, I'm I'm a I'm terrible at reading, but I love Audible. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, if you're bad at reading like me, because um, my mind, I I'll start reading and then I'll get off. Like a, I'll envision something, yeah, right. or an idea, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, I have to come back. So, yeah. Audible is good, and and there's a new app that my wife just found that I love. It's called Blink. Yeah, Blinkist. Yep, I know exactly. Okay. Yeah, I did it like two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I love that. Yeah. So it's like shortened. It's like Cliff Notes the books. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to say they're less than 20 minutes long or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it just summarizes the book. Summarizes for you. the book. So it's interesting because some of the the idea behind it was like we're going to give you the summary of the book and then you they encourage you to buy the full book if you like the summary. But there was a lot of the books I listened to and I'm like I don't need to buy this like that was that was good enough you know. Right. Because when you really think about. <laughs> Reading a book, you're like, what did I come away with? I came away with like these couple key yeah, points. Yeah, one or two big ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I even purposely um, listened to a few books that I had read all the way through mm -hmm. to see like, oh, yeah, that's pretty much those are the points. So yeah. I kind of knew they were doing a good job, I guess, in my right, mind. But right. yeah, before, like to me, it's an easy read. Uh, is the purple cow? Yeah, uh, you know a Seth lot of Godin, people. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have, have mentioned that, and and it's true because he talks about a lot of things that I've talked about today. It's just how to be unique and how to stand out, and uh, even here, like when I spoke here a couple of years ago, I talked about that. And um, you know, when you drive into this resort area. The speed limit signs say twenty three miles an hour and nineteen miles an hour and nineteen yeah, they, miles they, an hour. They, they fluctuate and there's these, these weird numbers. The weird yeah. numbers, and I'm like. It may be because we're creatives, but I th everyone, I think it, it probably, I don't know what the stats are, but it probably increases the odds of you noticing that 
because it's just that one or two well, off. Yeah, and it and it and you, you notice it, but it also makes it feel like a cool place. Like someone took the time to be a little silly with that, and not only does it make me slow down, which is probably safety number one, but also then like I'm like this place is kind of cool. It's kind of hip and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. And I, that's a good point because a lot of people. So you walk into my studio and I have all these thirty by forty canvases. When you walk in, I'm mm-hmm. trying to make a statement and everything you sure. know. And but sadly, the way my place is laid out, the door to the bathroom is kind of in the same area. So I'm like, well, I can't just have a normal bathroom sign. So I have, uh, like, everyone comments on it. Like, like the, the girl is, like, crossing her legs, you yeah. know, and, you know, the boy is doing, you know, so it's like, <laughs> oh, they're, like, trying. Yeah. And everyone comments on it. Um, I know we don't have a visual here because of the podcast, but, um, yeah, you can envision it. And Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just fun. It's fun, just fun, and it yeah. kind of sets a tone, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a good or bad tone. No, like, no, I think it's good <laughs> because it just says, like, hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Like, you know, like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be lighthearted. We're going to put a silly sign up, you know, you're not coming into this place. Because they come, people show up and they're so nervous because they don't know what to expect, right? So they just start like, okay, is this going to be an awful experience? Is it going to be amazing? And they walk in, they see a bathroom sign, they're like, okay, it can't be that bad. Yeah. That, that guy purchased that sign and actually hung it up, you know? It like, yeah. can't be that bad. This guy's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's the end of the lightning round. So, just to wrap up real quick. Before you give some parting advice, just how can people connect with you? You said that you have your Facebook page, the Senior Unlock Facebook page, which has like a zillion people in it. Yeah, it's really gotten crazy large. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, so the Senior is Unlocked Facebook page is where like photographers can go for information and we try and keep it uh, like themes each week and inspirational and educational that way. Um, you know, my personal photography is just under my name, which is uh, Freeval Photography. All my social media, as far as my personal stuff like Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, is just my name, Dan Freevault. Okay. Um, if you follow there, you'll you'll see what what I'm up to. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys got to check out his work for sure. So just just to wrap up, parting parting guidance for the audience that's listening. Like, what what would you what would you just how would you summarize what we we're talking about, or what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, enjoy enjoy the journey. Like, keep pushing for education. Never. Never think like you, you like you know it all or right. you know like push push yourself. You'll see me in classes. Like uh, other people have come up to me like, oh, I can't believe you're sitting in classes. I'm like, I don't know it all. Yeah, you know. And that same and saying that same thing. Like people are like, oh my god, and they come up to me. I'm like, well, I'm no no nothing special. <laughs> I know, I'm, right? I'm, 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 <laughs> I got a few things figured out that I shared with you, but I don't have it all figured out. Right, right. <laughs> and it, it's like I failed and I I you know stumbled and I uh, you know. I I didn't know it all. I still don't know it all. So yeah, don't either. you know? It's like, and it takes time. I mean, I'm doing it for a long time. So don't get frustrated if you're not there right away. I know it's easy to come to something like this, be inspired, but maybe also feel like, oh, I have so much to learn. Yeah. Well, all those pe- people on stage and every, you know, they they didn't get there overnight. You know, it took a long time, and you know, plug away at it. And 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 having said that too, like you you might get super excited, like come to something like. Uh, educational event and be like oh okay i want to learn off-camera flash i want to learn composites i want to um change my pricing and and do in-person sales and it's like okay tackle one thing at a time once you get that down pretty good then add something else then add something else like that's what i do is like every year it's like you know starting way back when i'm like okay i'm gonna learn uh natural light when i first started i'm gonna get better at it then i'm gonna learn off-camera flash okay that was like 
two years later. Then yeah. I got good, pretty good at that. I'm like, okay, I need to start making more money here. I need to dive more into business and, and sales. And then, you know, it's like, yeah. and then and before it, you know, you look back and like, oh, I don't have to take as many notes, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When this year we're working on sales, like I feel like our sales average has slipped a little bit and it's not quite what we needed to be. And so we said this year, I mean, middle of february and end of february and we haven't done a great job but like our focus is about sales and like you know other people would be like well you know you guys do in-person sales and do all this stuff and it's like no there's still room for improvement there you know every every year so yeah because that changes too like the the benefit of of me going and speaking a lot of places as i get a feel for the industry and some of the struggles that people are going through and it's like okay like wallet sales are down for a lot of people. So yeah. I'm like, okay. I, and, and the good thing about being in the Midwest is it kind of takes a little bit longer. <laughs> right. So it's like all the other areas are kind of ahead of us. I'm like, okay, I need to prepare for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I made changes and prepared for, for that. And same thing with digital files. And, and that's a thing too, that I was thinking that kind of had the industry, I think has kind of done a, a cool dramatic trip shift is people used to, went for a while they're asking for digital files and yeah. now they're not because they realize that it's a pain in the butt to take things in and get Isn't that printed. interesting i see it too yeah. yeah so it's like you know we want you to do it you yeah. know and so i changed what i do I, I do offer digital files now it's a high price point but i also give them a discount if they print through me yeah they're like yeah we just want the files but we don't want to print them yeah we don't that's a lot of work yeah, yeah. and so a lot of people get caught in this this realm of oh they want files and they just want to this want to get files and not pay for them and and print their own i'm like well they just want them because they think they need them yeah but don't discount the fact that you're still a full service studio and you're going to supply that to them yeah exactly because the truth is if if they didn't want full service they would find somebody else a lot cheaper and they would just go so yeah and that's another one of those things it's like then don't be upset if they don't book you be happy because you didn't you didn't spend a bunch of time with them to find that out later. Yeah, and it hurts, but then it comes back to that like, okay, I need to, to get the person in my studio that does appreciate it, and that gives me time to focus on them. Yeah, like you said, you just need your forty. It doesn't you don't need all the forties. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. And there's there's some saying in sales like, I'm hoping to get like three hundred no's this year or something. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure how the saying goes, but yeah. Yeah, when I've seen this, so before we wrap up, but I've seen this like some of my friends that are like writing books and stuff. They're going, there's a, there's a something that must be a business coach out there or whatever that is like, they just count their failure or their rejections is what they do. And so like, they'll present their book or whatever. And they're like, I got rejection number 37 and they celebrate these rejections because they know every time they get rejected, they're closer to getting the yes. And it's like, well, that's exactly how it should work. But that's so (laughs) like, you know, our society and our school system does not train you for that at all. Like that's a very conscious choice, but it's fun to watch them. And I, there's one girl. Um, that I follow online, and I think she's like up to like seventy-seven rejection letters or something like that, and she's still celebrating. It's been like two years, and she's got this book, and like, and you do like you start rooting for, her and you're like, you're actually probably really close because I bet like eighty-one or eighty-two is probably the yes. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Some people never even get through the third rejection, let alone where she's in the seventies. You know, so. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's so. almost like you're disappointed, like, oh man, my third one, <laughs> I, they got, they took what I wanted to sell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so. hoping to celebrate the rejections a bit longer. <laughs> right, right. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Everybody, check out Dan Freeval online. And I mean, I'm excited to be here this week with you at Sync. And obviously, it's just now kicking off. So we'll, uh, We'll definitely catch up and have a beer and stuff for sure. So, But thanks for thanks for coming over and being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for here. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. 
Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.